0: It's time to hit the
1: ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding Surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome into another edition of Fifth Avenue Face-Off. I am your host, Chris Mack of The Fan Morning Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. And don't forget, wherever you're listening to this, you want to subscribe so you get the latest episodes as soon as they are ready. If it's inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, you can take it with you wherever you go. Uh, leave a rating and a review as well. Maybe you're watching on YouTube. In that case... I'm waving hello to you right now and you can see that I'm lucky enough to be joined to start the show today by the great Albie Oxenrider of WPXI Channel 11 Sports. Albie, thanks for uh for checking in for just a couple of minutes. We got a lot to dig into. I appreciate you doing this.
0: Oh, no problem. Great to, great to see you and great to be with you today. I I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I I uh you know, it's every time I I I get one of these fired up. I I have no idea which direction we're going to go in because I have no idea which direction this team is going in. And here we are on a Friday afternoon, looking back on Thursday night and another come from ahead loss to the New York Islanders, Um, and another blown lead. And that's where I kind of want to start things today is what do we do with this team? You know, I was, I was arguing with people the other day about, well, should we be excited about the comeback over Columbus on Tuesday night, right down for nothing. And they come storming back. Um, or should we be, uh, should we be down about the fact that, well, they were down for nothing to start with. And now here we are in reverse. Are we happy about the first 50, 55 minutes of Thursday night's game or are we more down and more disappointed about the way things worked out in the end and that they end up blowing another lead to another Metro division opponent.
0: Well, Chris, let's start by saying, I always believe that the season starts at at the trade deadline. I I talked with this about uh, with Phil Bork about this. Uh, I think that teams, you can do good. You can do bad throughout the season. You can, you can have these periods where you seem to be sluggish. You can gain momentum. You can lose it again. But once the team gets to the trade deadline, that's when they really have to kick it up, and I, I'm paraphrasing what Sidney Crosby said the other day. He said we have to put it in another gear and mm-hmm. or put our foot on the gas, something to that effect. And and I think that that's exactly what the Pens have as of this as of uh, this conversation. Uh, the Pens have 18 games remaining, and uh, listen, there's a lot of uh, elbowing for position. I feel generally positive about the Penguins in terms of where they are. I don't think they're going to be caught for that eighth spot. I could be wrong. Uh, you know, obviously there's some teams behind them. Florida is, is closest to them. Uh, but I think the pens have enough of a, of a hold on that eighth spot that, that they can maintain what they're doing now, even through performances that you talked about, you know, when you, when you blow a lead uh, and they can still get that eighth spot. I think uh, as <laughs> of so this conversation you, you hit it <laughs> on the head things change in a hurry with this team but that's the good news that, that I think they can hold on to this eighth spot the bad news is you know if, if you're looking ahead uh, they're gonna have to face the Boston Bruins and, and that's mm-hmm. a that's daunting to say the least um listen I, I I think that trade deadlines are interesting because they they sometimes help a team, I think the Pens are maybe a little better than they were before. I don't think they're significantly better. Um, I, I think they've added some things, and we'll talk about Benino in a minute, that, that I think will help them. Um, and I think that he's at the top of that list. But you, you also have to uh, force yourself to to get a new chemistry with new players in a, in a relatively short period of time. The playoffs start in about a month. The Pens have some time to deal with this, with what they're going to have going in. They have to learn to win with this team. They have to learn to get that consistency that they've, they, they've really had so much trouble gaining throughout the season. Every time they, they gain traction, it seems they lose traction. Inconsistency has been, has been the name of the, the, the label for this team. And they would be the first to say that, but, um, we'll, we'll find out what they have in these final eight team. We'll find out how these new players might help them. And certainly it all comes from the top with this particular team. And I know that you'll get uh, nothing but quality from Sidney Crosby. And it's, I think having Crosby and Malkin and Latang back, was it, well, Malkin and and Latang back, we, we knew that Crosby would be back, but, um, having those guys back together and keeping that core together, I think was Uh, in my opinion important for this team but it's what they do um, with the bottom six and and it's what they do with uh, their defense and it's what they do most importantly with goaltending I think the goaltending you can talk about everything else Chris you can talk about uh, the bottom six you can talk about consistency you can talk about uh, toughness Um, you can talk about the new players and what they might bring uh, but the most important thing, it all comes down to goaltending. And I think if Tristan Jari can dial it in, uh, and if he can stay away from injury in this final month, then then the Pens will at least have a shot uh based on where they are. Although then there's the problem of the Bruins, but that's not right. always a given either. So that's what well, I feel uh post trade deadline with these couple weird games uh in their in their rear mirrors.
1: I'm glad you brought up Jari um uh, because that's where I was gonna steer the conversation next. And and I it's it's The first couple of games after he came back, I think it was easy to look at and say, "Okay, he's got some rust to shake off. We get it. He hasn't played in what was it? It was close to six weeks. I think it was. Uh, It had been a while uh, since he had seen regular work, certainly. And when he did get back out there, okay, we'll we'll, we'll give him time to shake it off. Well, he's had time to shake it off. And I don't think he's the main culprit, for example, uh, in that loss to the Islanders. I don't know if he's the main culprit even in going down for nothing to the Blue Jackets necessarily before he got yanked, but he is the goaltender in those situations. And we say this a lot. It's not asking too much to ask a goalie to make a save every once in a while to make a save that maybe he wouldn't ordinarily be asked to make because if they're going to go anywhere in the playoffs, he's going to have to make those on a more regular basis. So you, you just started to go down that road. How confident are you? that if Jari's the one between the pipes, not just down the stretch, but assuming they get into the playoffs, that he can do enough for them to maybe uh, forget uh, getting through to the first, getting through the first round pass to Boston, for example, but, you know, to to make it competitive, uh, you know, to not get rolled in four or five games.
0: Yeah. I think that you can, uh, generally speaking, you, you, after missing so much time and you talked about that six week stretch he might have had one start in that six-week street six, six week stretch. Um, I, I think you have to give him time to, to shake some of that rust off, and you have to um, – he has to be the guy. You're talking about how confident am I? Well, I listen, Tristan Jari, I think, has proven that he can make big saves. He's proven that he can carry this team. Um, but But I think his biggest problem to this point has been you're in, then you're out, and then you're in, then you're out. And I, I think in order for him to get that that consistency, that ingredient of what you need in a goaltender, um, he, he has to get the reps. He has to be in there. He has to play the games. And that's why I say if he's able to stay on the ice, um, I think having Jari between the pipes is is a source of confidence for this team. I certainly think that they have bigger problems than Tristan Jari. I I don't think uh, I don't think that you can. Uh, discount this guy as someone who could could carry the every team that it seems that wins a cup. I mean, you might have a goal, big goal here or there, or you have a, a a certain line that performs well, maybe special teams before it performs well. But generally speaking, a team that wins the cup, a team that, that contends for the cup, uh, it comes down to who's, who's the goaltender for that team. And I believe that Tristan Jari can be that guy. So, yes, I am confident. Um, assuming he can stay on the ice, that, that he can help the Penguins in that regard. I don't think that's the only thing with this particular team because I do think they're going to need to get more from the bottom six. You're going to need more from uh, just the, the, those the top couple lines. We, we know what you're going to get with Sidney Crosby and Gensel and Ricard Raquel on top. And, and, and listen, that second line, I, I think that everybody's confident that they can that, that they can continue to do what they've done. But it's the third line. It's the fourth line. And you know you get into the conversation of, of Nick Benino. I think Benino brings a whole lot to this team. I, I know that that's one way you want to go with this conversation. Um, we could talk about him. W- what are your feelings on Benino and, and bringing him back? Uh, a guy that fans loved to love in that in that uh, that cup run, that most recent uh, double cup run.
1: Well, yeah, I, I get. I, I'm very guilty of nostalgia at times, Albie. But I will say okay. this. Much the same way uh, my initial reaction to, say, for example, the Pirates signing Andrew McCutcheon was nostalgia. I then take a step back and I go, oh, but wait, this guy can help them. And I, th- I feel the same way, not that it's on the same level yeah, uh, yeah. with Bonino, Right. but but Nick Benino can help this. You see him last night, for example, in the game against the Islanders, diving into the net behind Jari to try and ensure that pucks don't get across the line. That's as peak Nick Benino, as you're going to find, right? That's exactly what they need. From these depth guys is to go out there, fly around at a thousand miles per hour, give themselves up. And look, there are guys that have been doing that all year. The Drew O'Connors of the world, for example, the Josh Archibalds of the world. The problem was that you didn't have the Kapanins or Carters or McGinns of the world doing it all the time. Two of those names I just mentioned, no longer with the pens. The third one, still not quite getting it done in Jeff Carter. And I don't know if if Mike Sullivan and Ron Hextall have it within them to send him to the press box, if they have to, um, before the playoffs start, especially, I don't even know if they have the cap space to do it before the playoffs, to be quite honest, but that's the kind of stuff you need to win games in the Eastern conference playoffs to win games within the Metro division, to be quite honest. And this is a team that's won one game against a, a present day Metro division playoff team right now. They are one eight and three. I think it is against the Canes, Devils, Rangers, and Islanders. And they've got this stretch coming up, these three and seven days against the Rangers, where the Rangers have only gotten faster and stronger. And, you know, if you're going to prove that you can actually make some kind of noise come mid, late April and beyond, that you might be able to upset somebody in the first round and actually put a scare into the rest of the Eastern Conference field, this is a week where not only do you win the one against the Canadiens, not only do you wrap up the homestand strong, but you take at least two out of three from the Rangers and and maybe even all three. I don't think that's asking too much. If you're really going to be a, a veteran team that proves they do know how to step on the gas, like you said.
0: Yeah, I, you know, playing the Rangers, I think it's three times in the next five games. That That's certainly a test. Um, and, and I think that that's probably good for the Penguins because you talked about the game the other night. When they came back from four nothing, they ultimately won it. But you, you, ask yourself, wait a minute, you're down four nothing to Columbus, mm-hmm. and and I think that um, I think that the, the, the Penguins, these games against the Rangers, for instance, and they have a, I know they have a, a road trip uh, in their final 18 games. I think they play Colorado, and yeah, you know, there, there's going to be a good opportunity for to test themselves against teams. Uh, that that are uh, quality teams, teams that are that are up in the standings, playoff teams, and uh, you know w- when you look when you look at what the Penguins have done um, over the course of the last, we'll say five years, and I, I think that fans are to the point where they you know expectations I think can be a team's worst friend. High expectations can be a terrible thing for any team, and I think that the Pens have the benefit of low expectations with all due respect to to, uh, the good things that they've done, there aren't many people in the fan base who are overly confident that they can go deep into the playoffs. And I think that that can be an advantage because sometimes if the expectations are low, then anything you achieve is going to be a bonus. Um, When you play these teams like the Rangers with uh, three times in the short period of time, it's going to give them an opportunity to see how they stack up against playoff teams. I think that um, in, in, even though teams don't consciously turn on a switch when they're playing good teams, um, I think that, you know, they know, they know when they're playing a team that, that, and, and the pride comes into play and, and these are prideful guys and, 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 and the pens through all their bad streaks, this, this season, they, they followed them with, with good stretches and, most recently, they had the four-game winning streak, and I, I think that um, this is a team that, that from the very top, from Sidney Crosby on down, I'm talking about the players. They believe, they believe they can do some damage in the playoffs. Um, the ownership group, um, Ron Hextall, Mike Sullivan, you know, straight down the, you know, Burke, Brian Burke. They 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 brought back Letang and Malkin. Um, not only, as you mentioned, for nostalgic reasons, although that certainly comes into play, because when you have great players like that, you want them to be Penguins. You don't want them to, to ever be anything but Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But you also bring them back knowing that these are world-class players. Um, Ev- Evgeny Malkin is still a world-class player. Um, and, you know, there's, there's so much talk about how old this team is. That's all you heard, you, you know through preseason and, and, and through the season, well, they've lost the step and, and, and certainly they've shown that they sometimes uh, run out of gas or whatever you want to call it in the third period. They let, they let leads get away, but this is a prideful bunch. And I think that it's a talented team, Um, older perhaps, but experienced. And I think that uh, getting coming from the top and those three players in particular, 87 71 and and obviously, Latang uh, means so much to them and the psyche of this team. And bringing Nick Bonino back, I think, helps in that regard. There's a difference between a veteran and and a veteran leader. And I think Nick Bonino is one of those guys, Chris, who can um, he can stand up in the room and he can challenge his his teammates. Um, he's confident. You know, you, you sometimes bring in a vet. You bring in a veteran who hasn't been part of the Penguins. And, and maybe there's they defer to Sidney Crosby or they defer to, to Evgeny Malkin, who leads in a, in a different way perhaps than Sid. Um, leadership is a funny thing. Leadership is you exhibit it in different ways. Some guys do it on the ice. Some guys do it with the way they talk. Sometimes the guys do it with what they say to their teammates, how confident they are in the mm-hmm. way they carry themselves. These younger players feed off of that. Nick Bonino, in my opinion, He's he's, the, he's the, tra- the, uh, the deadline deal that means something that made this team better. Nick Benino not only does he have that, uh, that, that, that winning experience, he's a winner. He's a guy that experienced here in, here in Pittsburgh. He was popular with the fans, and that feeds into it as well because he feeds off the fans, younger teammates perhaps feed off of what he's giving out. He's not afraid to stand up and, and speak his mind. And, and Sidney Crosby has great respect and friendship for Nick Bonino. I think that is huge for the Penguins. And, and because you're talking about that bottom six, you're, you're talking about a guy with Nick Bonino who can maybe shore up that fourth line or wherever it is that they play him. Um, he's versatile. He can play all forward positions. Um, and, and he's also a guy that can, uh, uh, he can kind of get tough when he needs to get tough. And that's been another question of this team. Are they tough enough? You know there was um, the question of who's going to come to Sid's defense, and um, again, different. You know, and and, and maybe uh, Kulikov will will bring that as well. My buddy Phil Bork likes to say he brings a little jam, and and in addition to you know the veteran leadership and uh, on the blue line, um, I think that that's important for the pen pens. You need those talented players. They obviously have their that that core at the top that leads this team, but you need the secondary scoring. You need some toughness. You need experience and, fr- and, and, and leadership in it and not necessarily from those three at the top. I think Nick Benino brings that. I am I'm, I'm really, really uh, from a, from a uh, analysis standpoint, I'm really uh, thinking that that was a great move for the Penguins to bring Benino back. He-
1: Albie, I don't want to keep you too long, but I do want to ask you. You've been there. You've been on the ice for cup clinching games. uh, The the immediate post game aftermath of you know Nashville, San Jose, Detroit. Um, You've had a long storied career covering not just the Penguins but Pittsburgh sports in general. And so I had to ask you, what is your favorite moment when you look back on this Crosby, Malkin, Latang era in particular? Your favorite moment watching (laughs) these three in the three Stanley cup runs that
0: they've had. Um, I'm going to, I think, I think the most recent, the, the back-to-backs were, were great. I, I think they were, they were awesome. I think that, uh, that kind of clinched what these three have meant. Um, in particular, these three, um, and, you know, clinching their legacy, if you will, mm-hmm. but B, um, and, and believe me, I have great memories of both of those cups. Tremendous memories. Um, uh, I, I think, and one of them is, one of them is on the wall behind me with Sid in the cup, and and I think that was the most recent cup. Um, anytime you see someone like Crosby skating with the cup, that's that's it. That's it's seared in your memory. That's that's a that's what you remember in 50 years or hundred years, mm-hmm. you, you, those moments. Um, I think 09 seeing Sid celebrate the cup for the first time is what will stand out for me. Um, and, and Chris, there are so many, and, in you know, I, I would not discount the other two cups that Sid has won, but that first cup, I remember the look on his face. And, and at the time he looked looking back when I look at pictures, when I look at videos, Sid looked so young, when right. he won. 09. And that particular season, Dan Bilesma jumped on board. Um, to me, that was an amazing run. And I'll, I'll tell you why it was an amazing run for more than just what you're thinking. Um, the Steelers win the Super Bowl on channel 11 in February, mm-hmm. four months later, the Penguins win the Stanley cup on channel 11 and seeing them, and and I remember my conversation, my interview with Dan Bilesma. I said, where did you watch the Super Bowl that year? Where did you watch the Steelers win the Super Bowl? And did you ever imagine in your wildest dreams that four months later, you would be coaching the Penguins to the Stanley Cup? And I think that struck him as it really brought home what they had done that year. I mean, that was a team right. that, that was struggling. Um, and, and Sid at that time was obviously looking for his first cup and f- for all the great things he did in his first few years, that was, that was what, that's why you play. That's what he was waiting for. And seeing, uh, you know, being 20 feet away from, from, uh, Mario Lemieux uh, getting that cup from Sid or, you know, sharing the cup with Sid is such an incredible memory for me. I, I, I think that, uh. Anytime someone wins the cup for the first time, uh, the the joy on their face. And you can see these guys. I mean, you got veterans who played in the league sometimes for 15 years and they've never won the cup. Um, Some guys don't even advance and they don't even advance in the playoffs. And when you see them, they finally win the cup. You can, you can actually read their eyes. You can read the look in their faces. They're, they, they, they're, they're saying to themselves, Oh my gosh, this is, this is everything I've always dreamed of. And, and, I, I just think that Oh nine was so fun for a lot of reasons for that being at the top of the list. Well, See, and that, and that question
1: uh, that you asked Dan Biles, but too Albie is, you know, he was probably sitting in Wilkes-Barre at the time when he watched the Super Bowl that year, because it would have been February and they didn't, they, or he would have just gotten a, just arrived to Pittsburgh. I would think, you know, right around that time where he replaced Michelle Terry in that year. And then they went on that run. So that's, that's just a, that's a, a fantastic way to put it in perspective for, for not just him, but probably everybody that was watching that interview too.
0: Yeah. And I, I remember, you know, I talk about the look on Sid's face and cause I, I remember, I can remember Sid's, I can remember the look in his eyes. I mean, just he, he, he was, it was all new to him. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, the, 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 at that time they do it differently now, but at that time, in nine, we were allowed, uh, in the locker room, you know, during their cup celebration. Now, they, they do it on the ice. And, and mm-hmm. to my knowledge, I, I don't believe that the locker room is now, you know, they bring them out to the podium now. Right. Uh, but in terms of capturing the sheer emotion of what's going on, we had a, um, at Channel 11, we had a wireless camera with a wireless microphone. And even though that was only uh, 14 years ago, that was a big deal at the time. The other stations were outside um, and sitting in director's chairs outside Joe Lewis Arena. We had, a wireless uh, camera and a wireless microphone, and we we were underneath the the bleachers at Joe Louis Arena, direct from from me to my camera right here. That's how far away we were from the bench, and and we we watched it from right behind the bench. Them, you know, celebrating the cup, and you know, Crosby or Flurry, excuse me, making that you know that incredible final moments there in the save and, and, and they just went crazy. And we literally were there as they went onto the ice. And I had been, you know, I uh, was with the Penguins when they won the the cup in 92. Um, And, you know, I, I, that was of course, Mario's second cup. And, um, but every cup's been different. You know, when the Penguins won their first cup, Um, I remember the excitement afterwards with, with Lemieux and, and, you know, some of the other, some of his other teammates for sure, but Lemieux in particular, um, because that was 91 was his first cup. And I remember Mm -hmm. that look and, and 92, um, it was, it was a different look in Lemieux's eyes. He certainly was excited, but he was, uh, it was almost like he knew that they had something very special going on and, and. Then fast forward to 2009, um, the look in Sid's eyes, it was that same look again, like, oh, my gosh, I'm a Stanley Cup champion. This is why this is why I play and and why I've dedicated my whole life to this. Well, then when the Pens won their cup in, in 16, that same look that Mario had maybe in 92, I saw in Sid's eyes. Sid was a little bit more, um, you know, he had been there before. But he didn't right. any less, but he knew what to expect when he lit, when he hoisted that cup. And then, of course, the third cup um, was was, again, just as just the celebratory, but but maybe um, part of the clinching of his legacy, if you will. So, hey, they're all they're all fun. I love covering the cups. Um, I hope, you know, I hope the pens have a deep run and do they have a deep run in them? I I don't know what you what what are your feelings on that? I I don't want.
1: I I don't, you know, I I don't know if it's this year, but I I do think you've got to find a way to not waste any more of the, the, the big threes peak years. And I think we're seeing, you know, this year statistically has been some of the best work ever by age 35, age 36 year old players, even in league history, forget franchise history. So um, I think with those three continuing to produce at this level, you got to make the most of it and you're running out of time to do that because I'd like to, to be, to be to be totally honest, i I'd like to see you out there chasing Sidney Crosby down on the ice one more time while he's carrying the cup around. You know, that's that's, that's a
0: memory. That's a memory too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I, I I hope there's one more run in there, and uh, I think with as long as those three are still at this level that they're at right now, um, they're capable of doing it. They just got to surround them with the right pieces, and and that's why it's uh it's it's disappointing to see that they haven't quite found that blend this year. But we'll see. We'll see if they've got one more in yeah. them.
0: You know, I uh, I mentioned Boston earlier, and I, you know, I, I do feel confident, Chris, that the Pens will clinch that eight, you know, that second wild card spot, at least. Um, but, but you know, then you have to deal with the Boston Bruins. And, and what the Bruins are doing this year is historic. They are, uh, you know, I was kidding with Borky uh, uh, yesterday that, that when the goalies scoring goals, you know that this is something very special. Uh, Boston is dominating and they are they are without question the team that everybody points to as the the favorite to win this cup not only the favorite to win this cup but the overwhelming favorite to win the cup however tampa bay a couple of years ago was pretty good and and uh you know sometimes you get into a series where teams where things go really well for those types of dominant teams throughout the season they don't always have the the trials and tribulations of a team that's fighting to get there. You know, you're, you're winning so many games and you're dominating and that, and everybody looks at you at this as the Stanley cup favorite, even when the sea the regular season's still going on, you, you just assume this is going to cruise and, you know, then Tampa, Tampa Bay, same deal. They get into the playoffs and all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, what just happened? Right. You know, we're, we're gone. We're headed home. The, the penguins in, in 93, um, you know, the, the old curse of the president's cup. And, and I think that, you know, sometimes if you, if, if you have too much excellence during the regular season, it doesn't always carry over. I'm not suggesting that that won't happen with Bo- that, that that will happen with Boston. They're really good, but you know, you never know. And I think if the pen, if the pens can just get there, um, Carolina would be an easier first round series for sure. Um, but, but if they have to deal with Boston, you never know, you never know. And you play the games and if they get to that point, who knows, you know, if they get past that, who knows, maybe they can get to the conference final. Um, I don't know, you know, who's good in the West. Is it Colorado? Is it Vegas? Who's the best? I don't, that's a tough question, but just put yourself in a position. Um, the the pens, and I know we're probably running short on time, so I'll, I'll try to be quick. The pens of course have this long playoff streak, this long postseason streak. Um, that everybody talks about. Can they get in the playoffs again, 17 straight years? Um, Well, you know, there's also this streak of being eliminated in the first round and that they'd like to kind of flush from their system and they'd -hmm. they'd like to get past that. Um, That gets back to the expectation thing. I don't think that there's real high expectations for this team from the fans. And I think when you look at it critically, any team with Sidney Crosby and any team with Evgeny Malkin and any team who gets some semblance of solid goaltending can win the cup. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Sid and, and and Gino are are two of the best players in the history of hockey. Sid is at the very top. He's at the very top, and uh, he's a winner. He's competitive, and he's super prideful. And because of all that, I, I'm I'm not going to ever write this team off. I'm not I'm not going to do it. And and we'll see what happens. But just get there.
1: Yeah, that's the start. Get just get there and then and then see what happens from there. Alby, thanks so much for taking the time today, man. I really do appreciate it. It's been great to catch up with you. <laughs> and uh maybe we could do it again once they're in the playoffs and the playoffs get started. If they last you know, long enough. We'd
0: love us. that. I'll, I'll count on you to to reach out because I will uh I will look forward to that. I enjoyed talking. Hey, we could go for another hour. I know we can't. <laughs>
1: Well, maybe during the, you know what? If the playoffs don't go as long as we want them to, I may need you for for a solid hour at some point this summer to talk about where they're going. So thanks again for the time, Albie. I appreciate it, man.
0: Anytime, my friend. We'll see you soon.
1: Great to catch up with Albie and uh, we'll hold him to it. Uh, whether the playoffs last as long as we want them to or not, we'll get Albie back in here to help us figure out where the pens go from here once the season is over, hopefully in a positive direction. Effusively positive is Brian Metzer. No, seriously, he is. Penguins Radio Network host. You catch him during intermissions of Penn's uh, Penn's games on the radio. He joins me next right here on Fifth Avenue Face Off.